Welcome uh, to episode 200, fucking hell, 200, uh, 200 of the Ben Briggs podcast, uh, he says it wrong, the Ben Briggs podcast, um, I am Ben Briggs, I've fucked it up again, um, it is Saturday people, uh, Saturday the 3rd of April, 2000, 2021, and yes, it is episode 200, um, there is now, after this episode, there will be a hundred hours of this shite um, out there on the internet, corrupting people, out there greeting people, meeting people. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, fucking hell, man. Um, we started this, when did we start this? A couple of years ago now. And... Um, and we're still cracking on with it, episode 200. Anyway, let's not get too carried away. We don't all, uh, you know, when we hit a 1,000, I think that's when there's 500 hours of just me chatting bullshit about random shit that's been going on. Um, uh, I think that's something to celebrate. And something, we might have a bit of cake uh, with a tea that episode. <laughs> Keep it underrated, uh, like us British people do. Uh, let's have a little bit of tea anyway. So anyway, personal news. Uh, on a personal news note, I have accepted um, an offer on the old uh, Briggs Towers. So um, as of yesterday, it is officially, uh, barring everything going through and everything um, uh, uh, sorted out, it is um, it is officially sold. I have um, I have. Uh, it took a week. That's not bad going, I don't think. Um, you know, I believed, you know, in your heart of hearts, you believe all the bullshit that um, uh, the estate... Hey, guy, I'm going to make you a big time. This place is going to sell in no time. Um, you believe all that shit, but um, it has actually genuinely paid off. Um, the uh, people who uh, put in a low offer uh, that I refused, I uh, then um, accepted the amount that I wanted and um it's done and dusted although you go through that rigmarole of what does it come with comes with a gold-plated rolls royce if you fucking pay for it sweetheart um as they say um but uh yeah so i've chucked in a few bits as well um basically because i can't be asked to take them down and i don't fucking need them uh curtains and blinds and shit like that um and um and yeah, that's it, done and dusted, barring uh, being robbed by the solicitors, which will no doubt like fucking take ages and that's going to be hassle. It seems quite hassle-free at the minute. That's the thing, it's, it's kind of lured me into a false sense of security. Uh, is The place was on the market a week, I got an offer within the first couple of days, rejected that, took the second offer um, that they offered because that was higher, a lot higher, and I got out of this place what i wanted a little bit of profit baby and um and yeah uh and it seems to have gone a little bit too smoothly there's there's a there's a fucking nagging voice in the back of my head saying this is going to be a bull ache from here on in um but hopefully because i'm not moving i'm not buying another place and the guy buying it is a first time buyer Hopefully, the chain is basically just me and him. It's when you get involved in a fucking massive chain of shit um, that it turns into uh, turns into a bit of a nightmare. But um, yeah, it is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. Everything crossed. Hey, cross your fingers out there. Um, 
everything's going to be all right uh and it'll be uh it'll go through smoothly and then the next couple of months i can uh restart a second phase second phase a new phase uh um in in my life and it'll be we'll be uh broadcasting from from another um Briggs Towers um, that will obviously uh, require a different backdrop. <laughs> or I might keep the same thing. I might just say to him, hey, I need that. Uh, I need the, the, uh, just one of those black curtains, if that's OK. Uh, can I keep one of those? Because I need it for my fucking podcast, baby. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so that's what's been going on in my life um, this week. And the nice thing about it as well, I didn't have too many people trekking through uh i think we had about like in about a week we had about four people come around to have a look so um that's not bad going in a week um couple of them were interested but this guy put in the offer i rejected it and then he put in another offer like the next day or something they make you sweat don't they that's what they do that's the whole thing about selling a house that i don't like the fact that they try and make you sweat there's a lot of fucking misdirection and are they going to go for it are they not going to go for it i just said look this is basically they made me a stupid offer i said if you offer me this it's yours they offered me that i gave it to them well you know for that amount of money um i didn't want to fuck around and i got what i wanted for it um so that's all that counts baby isn't it it's a fucking seller's market at the minute apparently um from the sounds of it so um so i've got a, little, a few little bits to do around here that i said i'd do i said i'd like um fill in the fucking holes around the walls where the pictures have been and um and clean the carpets before i go uh not that they're particularly dirty but i just threw that in as a little sweetener because i've got a carpet cleaner anyway and um and i wanted to, to be honest i've had this place like since it's been brand new it was like sitting there for a year 2008 uh i think i said this on the last last podcast when it took a dip in 2008 like it would been sitting in here sitting for about a year hadn't sold i come to look at it in 2009 i think i'd already seen it in 2008 but like i think my credit rating was shit because i paid my credit card late a couple of times or something so i had to build that up for six months came back to have a look at it six months later or whatever and it was still for sale and um i made an offer on it and got it accepted but i've had it since it was brand new so i thought ah oh, it'd be nice to sort of like you know just uh leave it in a nice state it's fucking immaculate to be fair um with all the decorating i've done it looks fucking immaculate it looks quite good um and nice and tidy so um there's some young lad who's buying it i think he's um uh, his parents were saying he's autistic and it's like he's going to be it's going to be his first place he um he lives on his own which is fucking ideal around here because it's nice and safe uh nice and quiet and um and you've got loads of you know local stuff uh, hey why am i selling it to you for this is a spiel i gave them <laughs> um but um but yeah yeah they seem nice enough anyway um let's just uh, hope that you uh, don't fucking take the piss son um anyway uh let's get on with this uh let's have a little bit more tea what are we seven minutes in already fucking hell man um little bit of tea there anyway from um the one angsty um uh, thing to another this fucking made me laugh today uh 
just the headline um, on the BBC News website from uh, uh, Australia. This was geologist beaten up by angriest octopus on the beach. <laughs> he got bitch slapped by an octopus. Um, that, that's a hell of a fucking name for a um, for uh, a set of memoirs for you. Uh, bitch slapped by an octopus. Um, a man has been whipped uh, by what he described as the angriest octopus while swimming on holiday at a Western Australian beach. In a video that has gone viral, the octopus can be seen in shallow waters lashing out at a geologist, Lance Carlson. Uh, The creature came after him again later and stuck him on the arm before whipping his neck and up and back. Maybe the old octopus is into a bit of BDSM. Um... I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? It's fucking weird when, like, animals, just like animals just go a bit weird with you. You know what I mean? They get a bit, like, get a bit, like, fighty. Um, I remember, like, years ago, I forget, um, I forget where it actually was. I think I was out on a date or something like that and going around a, you know, everybody wants to go around like a fucking farm or something like that and this little goat thing was ugh, fucking annoying i had to give it a whack in the end <laughs> that didn't go down well just a sly little bang little sucker punch um just wouldn't fucking leave you just kept fucking ramming into you and shit like that as you walk trying to walk around i think it was or it was a zoo or something like that i don't know I just remember this fucking very persistent goat and uh, just giving it a whack on the snout. (laughs) Have a bit of that, me old booty. I know this is your fucking domain and you're trying to make me look a cunt, but uh, that's it. You know, when you're throwing down uh, with a goat, um, the date's not gone that well. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Um, fighting an octopus is a definite different beast, though, isn't it? You've got a lot of... you. It's going to be a lot of flailing, I think, from an octopus. You're going to get a lot of haymakers in there, and yeah, Just coming over the top, you know, fainting with one arm, giving you an uppercut with the other, all that sort of shit. You're going to have to... You could probably get two of the legs in each fist, I think. Hold them, two legs in each fist, and then you've got four to deal with. Haven't you? Just fend them off with your knees or just like, or just bring the two up like that. Smack it. I think that's what you've got to do with an octopus. Hold two of its arms in your right hand, two of its arms in your left hand. Bring it out the water, headbutt, and then see what you've got to deal with after that. Clear up the ink, I imagine. There's going to be ink in there. It's going to be fucking clarets. And, uh, there's going to be ink around. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the former lifeguard told Australian News uh, that his preferred treatment for sea animal stings is vinegar, but he did not have any on him at the time. Not many people go swimming with vinegar. Uh, not unless they've, uh, they're looking for extremely, extremely uh, fresh fish to eat for their supper. Um, however, he said he knew anything acidic might help and decided to try using cola. Uh, and turns out it works. So Mr. Carlson, oh yeah, the tentacles left stinging red welts on his skin. Jesus. Bastard. Sounds like a right fucking asshole. 
he discovered it was an octopus only when he, he walked closer with his two-year-old daughter and was filming a video of it when it suddenly struck in their direction. The octopus lashed out at us, which was a real shock. Hadn't it already done it? My goggles became fogged. The water was suddenly murky, and I remember being shocked and confused. <laughs> I was I was attacked by an octopus, Doctor. Um, Jesus Christ. Just give it a fucking whack. Does nobody do that anymore? Is everybody like, oh, man, it's, a, it's an animal. We can't, uh, you know, if something's attacking you like that, it's got a bit of an attitude problem. That's the, that's the only way you rectify it, isn't it? You know, that's the only chance. Uh, the only way you beat a bully is by uh, giving them a smack in it and making them think twice about it, or getting so, or paying somebody else to do it. You could have paid somebody else to fucking slap the octopus around. Just drag it out of the water. Grab. It's already stuck onto your neck. Just stand up and come out the water. It'd soon suddenly start gasping uh, for air, wouldn't it? Octopuses, uh, do they breathe water? I don't, I don't I, yeah. Do, we're learning everything here. I mean, I'm not claiming to be David Attenborough or anything, but, um, octopuses use gills. Uh, yeah, it's, if it's, if it's wrapped around your neck and wrapped around your arm, did you not just think of standing up, you know? Maybe even make it more difficult. Put a fin- two fingers in its gills. Their gills also expel CO2. They cannot breathe air, but can for short periods survive out of the water by breathing from water stored in their mantle. There you go. Give it a squeeze. <laughs> Get all the water out as it's wrapped around your neck and just stand there. It's, it's soon going to drop off. And then it's going to be out of breath when it hits the water. Get it out, throw it in the air, just keep doing that. Ah, you want to be stuck around somebody's neck, do you? Yeah, you want to leave red welts on people? Ah, there you go, back in the air again. I can do this all day, buddy. I can do this all day. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, he just seems like, a, yeah, I can bullet, bullet by an octopus. He's probably having counselling now. Um... You know, wakes up in the middle of the night, scared that, you know, his wife putting her arm around him. Is uh, the, the octopus is back. It's back, baby. It's back in the bedroom. Um, fucking hell. Man up, baby. I know. I know you're not meant to say that these days, but sometimes you've you've got to show these species, you know, why we're the dominant ones, haven't you? You just, you know... That octopus is going to keep doing that to every single human it comes across. Wrapping it around, leaving the welts on, bigging it up with his attitude problem. You've got to take it out. You've got to, you've got to do that in front of the other octopuses, octopi as well. You've got to make an example of that. This is what happens to you lot when you step out of line, isn't it? <laughs> holding it out of the water, just punching it in the face. You all settled down now, yeah? Has your attitude dropped a little bit? Bang. Ah, oh dear. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. It is weird when animals get, get like that, though. You see, like, fucking 
Uh, sheep, sheep are always a bit dodge, aren't they? They're always, they always seem like, oh, you think, oh, there's a nice fluffy little sheep, and the next minute it's fucking trying to ram you, like with its fucking, you know, trying to headbutt your fucking kneecaps or something, um, give you a dead leg with the top of its forehead. They're bastards. All fucking animals are bastards, aren't they? You know, they're all, they're all pretty brutal. And they? they all try and take the piss a little bit sometimes, don't they? Even dogs and that, don't they? But their thing is like, hey, man, I'll be all right with you. Hey, how you doing? Hey. And get all fucking sexually weird with you and shit. <laughs> hey, give me a stroke. Now stroke my belly. Oh, there's my dick. I don't want to stroke your dick. Just stroke the dick. Um, Yeah, they get a bit weird, don't they? Um cats are just fucking vicious and then even even things like fucking gerbils and shit like that are mental well i remember we had a rabbit when i was younger and that was fucking horrible little bastard um my mum used to treat it like a fucking baby you'd go near my mum when she was holding it and it'd fucking hiss at you it'd be like (sighs) fucking little bastard I remember doing my shoe. I was only about six or seven at the time he had this fucking thing. I remember doing my shoelaces up in the garage once, bending down. And he used to, like, live in the garage. You just hear this, like, rustling about. Like that. Under my dad's workbench and shit like that. And the garage was, like, obviously dark. So you'd switch the light on, and the light was one of those shitty 80s garage lights that was, like... They're probably much the same as today, to be perfectly honest. Like, they're only half lit and gave some sort of scene out of some sort of horror film where there's loads of shadows everywhere. And you just see this shadow of this hopping thing going round, bending down to do my shoelaces up. And then the little bastard runs out at you and starts biting you. Little fucker. Um, That ended with... (laughs) (laughs) That ended uh, one day when it fucking bit me. I remember, like... Having a rather temperamental father uh, when I was younger kind of pays off sometimes. Uh, I remember him just picking the rabbit up, throwing it in the hutch, and then it went to go for him, like, through the bars. (laughs) My fucking dad punched the bars of the fucking rabbit hutch, the the metal grill bit, and it had a fucking dent in it for the rest of the time we had the rabbit. (laughs) Oh, my dad had the same philosophy. Yeah, you fucking little piss taker, I'll teach you. Ah, Jesus. Uh, Maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree after all. Hey, hey, hey! Let's have a little bit of tea. Yeah, fucking hell, Jesus, man. Uh, He'll be out up for that these days. Bullying, rabbit bullying in court. Did you, Mr Briggs, did or did you not punch the rabbit? It was through mesh. It was through mesh. It was fine. It was fine. I don't think it... Uh, it fucking died, and then we buried it in the garden. And then uh, I remember mum and planting some flowers, like, a few years later. And then she dagged to, uh, dug... Dag? Uh, she she dug a bit too deep and fucking <laughs> dug up the fucking rabbit skull. I don't know if you've ever seen a rabbit skull, but it's fucking horrendous. Uh, Jesus. It looks like some of there'll be the around the chain of somebody who practices the necklace of somebody who practices voodoo it's fucking it. they've got horrible fucking big teeth at the front uh anyway 
Um, here's, uh, what are we on? 20 minutes already. Um, we are, um, apparently, um, it's all doom and gloom anyway. Um, this is a story, a doom and gloom story. Mountain ice sheets cause global sea levels to rise up uh, by up to 18 metres, scientists say. This is it. We're all fucked, people. Uh, it's just as well as I'm moving out of here into higher ground, because I imagine Briggs Towers would be under the the, uh, the residence formerly known as Briggs Towers. Basically, now it is, isn't it? It all feels a bit sad. Uh, researchers have discovered that melting ice sheets have already caused enormous sea level rises, pushing oceans around the world higher by up to 18 metres at the end of the last ice age. Um, well, that's something we don't have to really worry about, is it? Um, you know, the scientists at Durham University have established which ice sheet was responsible for the rapid rise, which took place at 10 times the current rate. Uh uh, three and a half metres per century over 500 years. Jesus. Well, to be honest, not many of us, obviously, if 18 metres... It sounds worse than it is, doesn't it? It's one of these scary headlines about... I'm not saying global warming doesn't uh, doesn't exist and isn't happening around us, but <laughs> I imagine most of us born on this planet at the moment, everyone existing ain't going to have to contend uh really with this um if it's three and a half meters per century you know they're going to be three and a half meters i'm going to be dead in what 50 years that'll make me 94 that's not bad innings i'll go for that (laughs) if only you could choose it like that i don't mind dying about 90 that's fine um until you get to 89 and then you're like i fancy living a little bit longer um yeah, uh, new analysis of geog- geological records show that at the end of the last ice age, uh, which was 14,500 years ago, meltwater from the former North American Eurasian ice sheets was actually driving the rise. Um, right, okay, so... Oh, shit. Oh, here, it, look, this is where it says uh, uh, who's going to change in sea level. Australia's gone. Um in uh yeah where are we now so twenty thousands of years ago okay um australia ago by the looks of it um it's places like it's everywhere by the coast basically if you live in the center of a landmass, uh you're gonna be all right i think i think that's basically the crux of that diagram um Rio de Janeiro, Jamaica, see you later. All the nice places in it, you know what I mean? All the hot places seem to be the ones that are first wiped out of everywhere, in it? Everywhere by the coast. That that could be it. Northampton, where I'm moving away from, I could be moving away in 50 years' time from the seaside. I, get, I could have stayed here. I could be overlooking fucking the seafront. Outside Briggs Towers now, if I'd have stayed here. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's all doom and gloom, though, isn't it? You know, <laughs> let's have a little bit of tea. They never say, sort of like, okay, global warming's happening. Right. They never say, um, well, you're probably going to get a bit of nicer weather. Um, but, uh, but 
other people are going to get flooded out. Yeah, but what happens if I stay right here? Oh, if you stay right there, it's going to be fucking amazing. The summers are going to be great. You're going to be 40 miles closer to the beach. Um, uh, the beach is going to be essentially where a and q is near Peterborough now. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's not too far away. And... Um, uh, you're going to have a lot less traffic on the road because people will have been hideously drowned um, by the encroaching water. So um, all in all, for you, it's going to be great. If you live around the coast, it's going to be fucking horrendous. <laughs> they never say that, do they? It's all doom and gloom. I want to know exactly how this is going to affect me personally. I don't give a fuck about everybody else. I just want to know how global warming is going to affect me. Well, you're gonna. Uh, it's gonna be uh, nicer summers. Uh, winters, you'll find as you get older, winters will be a lot warmer. So you're gonna have less um, risk of slipping on ice and breaking a hip in your eighties. Fucking, this sounds like a fucking dream. It's like fucking living in Florida. Um, yeah, they never say that, do they? Uh, anyway, um, there was uh, talking about people dying. Um, this was rather an unusual death. This is the, uh, the things you own end up killing you, um, which is, uh, that would be a very alternative sort of like fight club, wouldn't it? The things you own end up killing you. Really? Yeah. Well, look at Evelyn Sakash. Uh, she's a, uh, Emmy winning, Emmy winner turned hoarder, apparently, um has been found mummified under huge piles of garbage in a new york city kitchen jesus um it always fascinates me because i like collecting stuff and that but i don't really hoard shit like when people will like hoard old newspapers and stuff or you know buttons or just don't throw anything away and then they just pack out their fucking house completely. It's got to be, you know, like, I know a lot of people say about mental health issues and things like that these days. But it's got to be, so, you know, it's got to be a mental health issue hoarding, hasn't it? You know, if you're, if you, you know, you're packing you, your residence that full of shit that when it falls over, you can't fucking move and you eventually die and your mummified remains are um, found later. Um, you know, hey, you've got a bit of a problem there. You've got to let things go sometimes. Uh, yeah, so police went to uh, uh, Evelyn Sakesh, uh, his house uh, um, on Tuesday after her sister called police and told them a, a cleaning crew found her remains um Sakesh's sister Ellen Brownie was tipped off after not hearing from Sakesh in a while said the designer was a heavy hoarder and started hoarding in October 2020 that's not that long ago so she's been basically hoarding for like five months how much shit can you hoard in five months I thought these big what and then like she's just been Jesus Looking to reconnect with Sakash, Brown came to Queens and hired a cleaning crew to clean, clear out the award winner's home. Yeah, of course she did. See if you can find some of them Emmys, sell them on eBay. Uh, see if she was inside. Her fears proved true when the cleaners found Sakash's mummified remains at around 4.15pm on Tuesday under a massive pile of trash in the kitchen. Um, 
she had a full life <laughs> and a full house by the sounds of it. Uh, she was so extraordinarily talented. She was a brilliant mind. She's only been audience for like, oh, Jesus Christ. It doesn't look that bad. I don't, unless she just timed it wrong. I'll start with the kitchen. I'll start stacking everything up in the kitchen. Just one more newspaper on top. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Jesus. The rest of the house is fucking immaculate. Ah, Jesus. Man. Uh, I don't know, she said. Uh, This was clearly in effect for a long time. She sometimes kept people at bay. The headline says Queen's Hoarder, but that is not who she is. She is now, if the headline says it. That's it, isn't it? If that's the way you die, that's how people remember you, isn't it? I mean, I've always said this. You can do fucking amazing shit in your life, you know. But um, if you die with a pot of marmite inside your rectum and you're found like that, you're going to be the marmite guy. (laughs) You could have done anything in your life. You could have won fucking Nobel Peace Prizes, fucking Oscars, fucking Midlands Comedy Awards, whatever high ranking (laughs) achievements you uh, attain. But if you are found with a pot of Marmite up your anus when you die, you will forever be remembered by that. Hey, uh, hey, do you know Ben Briggs? He, uh, he, he was, hey, who's that guy? Do you know? I've never heard of him. The Marmite guy. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I know that guy. Uh, Sakash has worked on productions ranging from Sesame Street and Law and Order to Orange is the New Black. Uh, dear, she became so much more withdrawn and looked sick, the neighbour said. I think that's when she started to pick up more of the hoarding. I went into her house years ago and it was normal, the neighbour added. Um, in a GoFundMe created in January, a friend of Sakash wrote the designer was missing since September 2020. Well, surely just fucking go round and knock on the door instead of setting up a GoFundMe page. What are they going to do? What are they, What were they looking to fund? For a fucking locksmith. Um, after Sakashi's discovery, the organiser updated the page to help Sakashi's sister pay for funeral costs. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure it could have come out of the estate, couldn't it? She's got plenty of shit she can sell in there, baby. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, don't fucking hoard shit. Uh, that's the, uh, or you'll get squashed by it and then mummified. Uh, I think that's what we learned this week, isn't it? Uh, a little bit of tea there. Sorry about the break. Um, anyway, that is half an hour, people. Um, that was episode 200. What better way to end this episode than talking about a mummified Emmy Award winner? Um, the good thing about it is, though, um, she could possibly go on the Hollywood Walk of Fame um, just as herself. Instead of the handprints and the footprints or whatever they do down there, they just put the mummified. <laughs> I think that's how they should do that with all Emmy Award winners. Just um, make, uh, just have them mummified after they die. And then you could have a museum that you, you go around and see it through the various stages of the mummification process of um, top-ranking celebrities. <laughs> And successful people in the television industry. Ah, yeah, what better way? What museum would that be? Um, anyway, um, 
that is uh, episode 200 people no no bells no whistles we just get down to business here don't we that's it um i will uh if you want to message me at all by the way it is uh just podcast at benbriggs.co.uk i will be back on tuesday motherfuckers enjoy the rest of your weekend um try not to be crushed um under the weight of your own uh possessions and uh i'll speak to you on tuesday take care